Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. Today's poem is by William Cullen Bryant, an American romantic poet and longtime editor of the New York Evening Post. He lived from 1794 to 1878 and is probably one of the most important men of letters of American history, certainly of the, the first hundred years of, of our country's history. In their biography of Bryant's, Poetry Foundation wrote this about his impact. Quote, No line of his poetry survives in the consciousness of his nation, and none of his editorial pronouncements still resonate from his five decades with the New York Evening Post. Yet William Cullen Bryant stood among the most celebrated figures in the freeze of 19th century America. The fame he won as a poet, while in his youth, remained with him as he entered his 80s. Only Longfellow and Emerson were his rivals in popularity over the course of his life. End quote. The poem that I'm going to read today is Bryant's poem, Summer Wind. It goes like this. It is a sultry day. The sun has drank the dew that lay upon the morning grass. There is no rustling in the lofty elm that canopies my dwelling, and its shade scarce cools me. All is silent, save the faint and interrupted murmur of the bee, settling on the sick flowers, and then again instantly on the wing. The plants around feel the two potent fervors. The tall maize rolls up its long green leaves. The clover droops its tender foliage and declines its blooms. But far in the fierce sunshine tower the hills with all their growth of woods, silent and stern, as if the scorching heat and dazzling light were but an element they loved. Bright clouds, motionless pillars of the brazen heaven, their bases on the mountains, their white tops shining in the far ether, fire the air with a reflected radiance and make turn the gazer's eye away. For me, I lie languidly in the shade, where the thick turf, yet virgin from the kisses of the sun, retains some freshness, and I woo the wind that still delays its coming. Why so slow, gentle and voluble spirit of the air? Oh, come and breathe upon the fainting earth coolness and life. Is it that in his caves he hears me? See, on yonder woody ridge the pine is bending his proud top, and now among the near groves chestnut and oak are tossing their green boughs about. He comes, lo, where the grassy meadow runs and waves. The deep, distressful silence of the scene breaks up with mingling of unnumbered sounds and universal motion. He is come, shaking a shower of blossoms from the shrubs and bearing on their fragrance, and he brings music of birds and rustling of young boughs and sound of swaying branches and the voice of distant waterfalls. All the green herbs are stirring in his breath. A thousand flowers by the roadside and the borders of the brook nod gaily to each other. Glossy leaves are twinkling in the sun as if the dew were on them yet and silver waters break into small waves and sparkle as he comes. So about halfway through this poem, William Cullen Bryant drops in the word languidly. He says, I lie languidly in the shade. And what's interesting to me is that 
about when that word occurs, the poem begins to shift. So for the first half of the poem or so leading up to that word, the poem has a languid pace. That word suits the first half of the poem. It evokes sweating and the heat making you feel lazy and tired and uh, wanting to do nothing but lie around as the poet is doing. The, the phrasing is a little bit choppy. It stops and starts. Uh, even when you have long sentences that go on, the, the structure of them makes them feel long. They're, they're not phrases connected through the word and, for example, like there are later in the poem, that, that make them feel punchy and, and speed you up. Instead, the, the syntax of the lines slows you down. So, for example, in the first sentence, the first four and a half lines are one sentence. And you have this clause, it is a sultry day, semicolon. And then she, he explains how it's a sultry day. And the sun has drunk the dew that lay upon the morning grass. There is no rustling in the lofty elm that canopies my dwelling in its shade scarce cools me. It kind of keeps going, but not in a way that makes it feel punchy and quick. And so the whole first half of the poem, up to about the word languidly, has that sort of lazy, tiring uh, approach to it, that lazy, tiring syntax to it. But then in the second half of the poem, as the wind begins to emerge and sort of answer his prayer for coolness, he speeds it up. So we get, we, we get not just two exclamation points, which do signal something as well, but we begin to get uh, a much more aggressive pace. He has come shaking a flower of blossoms from the shrubs and bearing on their fragrance, and he brings music of birds and rustling of young boughs and sound of swaying branches and the voice of distant waterfalls. So everything about the syntax there suggests energy. And so there's that turn from the first part of the poem. And then in the end, we get back to where we started because the, the glossy leaves are twinkling as if the dew were on them yet. Whereas at the beginning of the poem, the sun has drunk the dew away. So the dew is returned, and with it is the pleasant, is a more pleasant experience of the day. In some ways, it's sort of a simple poem, and yet the, it's a very satisfying poem because of how William Cullen Bryant presents the, the structure of the poem. So one more time, here is William Cullen Bryant's Summer Wind. It is a sultry day. The sun has drank the dew that lay upon the morning grass. There is no rustling in the lofty elm that canopies my dwelling, and its shade scarce cools me. All is silent, save the faint and interrupted murmur of the bee, settling on the sick flowers and then again instantly on the wing. The plants around feel the two potent fervors. The tall maize rolls up its long green leaves. The clover droops its tender foliage and declines its blooms. But far in the fierce sunshine tower the hills with all their growth of woods, silent and stern, as if the scorching heat and dazzling light were but an element they loved. Bright clouds, motionless pillars of the brazen heaven, their bases in the mountains, their white tops shining in the far ether, fire the air with a reflected radiance and make turn the gazer's eye away. For me, I lie languidly in the shade where the thick turf, yet virgin from the kisses of the sun, 
retains some freshness, and I woo the wind that still delays its coming. Why so slow, gentle, and voluble spirit of the air? Oh, come and breathe upon the fainting earth, coolness, and life. Is it that in his caves he hears me? See, on yonder woody ridge the pine is bending his proud top, and now among the near groves chestnut and oak are tossing their green boughs about. He comes, lo, where the grassy meadow runs in waves. The deep distrustful silence of the scene breaks up with mingling of unnumbered sounds and universal motion. He is come, shaking a shower of blossoms from the shrubs and bearing on their fragrance. And he brings music of birds and rustling of young boughs and sound of swaying branches and the voice of distant waterfalls. All the green herbs are stirring in his breath. A thousand flowers by the roadside and the borders of the brook nod gaily to each other. Glossy leaves are twinkling in the sun as if the dew were on them yet and silver waters break into small waves and sparkle as he comes. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.